0: How are you guys doing?
1: Life is good. Hey, today's a little, a little strange. Like I don't usually get like when people die. I don't. I usually don't like. I mean, I'm just like people. Just people die, right? I'm just like, hey, Damn. everyone dies. Death is impermanent, right? It's just like whatever. It's like it happens. But DMX's death hit me today. I was like, oh, oh, I just saw that. It did something to me, and it's interesting because I remember. Way back, like, 98, when The this Dark and Hell is Hot came out, when that dropped. I remember one of my boys, and he was much older than me at the time. He's, like, four years older than me. He got the vinyl, and then I remember him putting on the first track. Doom, doom. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. That first track, I was hooked. It was something about DMX that I, I, I don't know if it's something I, just, I was relating to, or something that connected with me. I've never connected with any, like, artists. Like, I was just, like, they're making money, whatever. But there was something about how he expressed his, like, his artistic ability that touched me. And uh, it touched me, and, and I could relate to it. Because I think you could just feel his pain in his music. Mm. You could tell it's someone that put their heart into it. Like, literally put their heart into it because they had no avenues. And art, to me is a reflection of life, especially when you're doing it because it's what you do. Like now I'm writing a play. And if you read the play, it's me, it's me speaking, it's me speaking to, to the people. And there is something about that. That seems to me that's, that's very important. And DMX did that. And then the fact that he was an addict, right. is something else Mm -hmm. too, that I have that connection with him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just like I have a connection with any and every addict out there. Right. Because I'm, I'm one myself, you know what I mean? So, you know, to see it happen, to see it kind of unravel and be on the outside looking, looking at what's happening, there's a certain happiness to it because I think it is joy because now you no longer have to witness someone struggle with pain. Right. So there's a celebration to it. Right. There's like, yeah, this dude's not in pain anymore. Mm-hmm. because if you understand addiction and you just see DMX and you see like how he interacts with people like when he's on a show or whatever you know something is something is off you know what i'm saying right they say that he died from a drug overdose to go down that way that's the sadness like you never want to see a fellow addict go down to what they're addicted to that's the tragedy behind it right for me my tragedy would be dying from alcoholism, right? Mm-hmm. There's a certain sadness to that because the fact that I couldn't let go of that substance, substance, I allowed that substance to like rule my life and everything that I do. And I couldn't be the best person that I, that I could uh, possibly be. So his death, first death ever, right outside of my family and stuff like that, that I had to take a step back and be like, oh yeah, this stuff is real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: I mean, when you look at other people and their life and, you know, I mean, it's like a story, right? I mean, he, he came over addiction and, you know, he created music and expressed himself in a way that really connected with people. And for it to kind of come back and it take his life, you know, you kind of look at it and it does make you self reflect on, you know, your own life and like, man, like, you know, you got a family. I mean, you couldn't even imagine a million years like being in that position, but. Like I said, I mean, I think life can be really hard for someone, and you know, I think sometimes when you don't have that outlet anymore, like I mean, I don't know when was the last time he put out like a record. I mean, I'm pretty sure the process of creating music was kind of like his was, way yeah. To, yeah. to overcome that.
0: And someone I mean, someone was saying that he was working on an album. I don't know if that's true or not, but somebody yeah. was saying he was working on yeah. producing a new one. Because
1: yeah, and I really think this ties well into. Our discussion today, right? And to me, like, if you were to ask me what the definition of mindfulness is, I think that is mindfulness. For me, when I got the news, I allowed myself to feel something. And I think I just answered my own question. (laughs) I allowed myself to feel something, which is why I feel the way that I feel right now at this moment. Because I felt joy, because he no longer has to be in pain. But there was also a sadness that went through me because when you die to the substance, there is a sadness to that. There's a huge sadness to that. You always want the person to kind of walk, walk off into the sunset on their own, kind of on their own terms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it's the substance that intervened and like put you down. And I think me sitting in it and allowing that emotion, that feeling to just kind of course, make its way through my body. And into the podcast, that is the true essence of mindfulness, is mm-hmm. being present in the moment and feeling what you need to feel at the moment. Because the opposite of that would be blocking that feeling oh, and boy. kind of saying, hey, I'm going to go move on with my life. I don't care. When yeah. in all actuality, I actually did care.
2: I mean, if you just kind of like see someone like that who's passed and you know, it doesn't really you don't take a second to kind of reflect on your own life and your own choices and what you're making. Like I think back to like when Kobe died, you know, I mean, oh, it hit, yeah. I mean, it hit, even if you weren't into basketball, weren't following it, you knew yeah. who he was and mm-hmm. you knew the, I mean, if we take basketball aside, just the type of person he was and that mm-hmm. mentality, that Mamba mindset, you know, I mean, growing up, my, my work ethic really stems from my parents and just seeing how they work. And, yeah. you know, my dad would put on the Laker games and, you know, we would watch him. He would always just comment about just the look in his eye and that kind of determining determination yeah. to, do, to just do anything he could to help win at all costs. And, you know, that relentless work ethic, you know? Yeah. And I think when someone like that passes and, you know, they're not here anymore, you don't even know them, right? They don't even know you exist. Yeah. But the yeah, fact really. that they're not here on this earth anymore, it's like you almost feel like you have like a duty or an obligation to really just say, hey, this person really inspired me in my own life, in my own journey. I got to step my stuff up. Well, first, I got to be mindful of the situation I'm in. Like If you're in a spot where you're not happy or you're, you're not feeling the best, it's like, take a second to just be grateful for where yeah. you're at and just know that you have another chance to get better, to be better. Right? And I think it's so powerful when you kind of look at people who, who've really impacted generations of people and you know the work that they did, you can really appreciate. Those types of people who just really stand for something. We all want to be like that type of person because they embody a certain characteristic that we we desire to be. Us wanting to be like a hard worker and be the best coach we can be for our clients and be the best personal trainer in the space. And for anyone, right? Just trying to be the best you can be.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 To add on to that, I heard it's somebody today at the gym said to me something like, you know, you got all that money and you throw it away like that, like with the drug overdose. And I just kind of looked, I looked at him and I was like, I was like, man, I said, money, money really doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, if, if you have a person who's broken, who doesn't feel whole, who is depressed, you know, people always say that like all oh, these celebrities, oh, you know, drugs and alcohol. It's like, they're sad. They're not happy. They're, you know, they're not looking within They're They've built a life off of something that clearly is not making them happy. So, Turning to and, and not just un- happiness, it could be coping. You know, I have clients who say, like, coping with anxiety and stress, like, that's their way to cope is through alcohol or through drugs. And, yeah. you know, it's like money really doesn't matter. It's if somebody's not whole or, or maybe not, you know, feeling, yeah, it doesn't matter. And it's sad. And that's what I mean. You put money aside, it's like, it's sad to see someone go like that because it's like, damn, like, it's almost like I feel that. I can feel that pain. It's like, oh man, like it's, must yeah, it's kinda, pain.
1: It's kind of yeah. like saying, hey, you can take the money to fill that void. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, if there's a hole, you just take a wad of cash and just put it in Fast. that hole and yeah. you're going to, oh, I feel great now. My addiction's gone. Lord Jesus, yeah. help me. Yeah. But nah, yeah. it don't work that way.
0: <laughs> I, I would imagine it honestly makes it worse. It's like now no, you yeah. have even more money mm-hmm. to have more access to.
1: More yeah, you have, all yeah. The, you have all the resources in the world to, for, again, to OD. And, and the funny thing about it is with addiction, the person with money, the person without money ends up dying the same way. There's really no difference. Once it yeah. hits you, it hits you. You're yeah. done. You're done.
0: Yeah. It would seem to me like whether it's somebody who's homeless who dies from addiction or somebody who's the wealthiest yeah. person alive like you said it's like they both go the same way and i would imagine that they're both internally sad internally hurt yeah. depressed traumatized whatever it is that they're dealing with which i mean i don't know if if i know we've gone a little bit into it but and i don't know if this is something you want to talk about right now chris but yeah. like what would you say was the biggest thing for you with your addiction like was it a way of coping with stress or coping with like stuff from childhood or, or like, what uh, how'd that go for you?
1: I think it was, for me, it was an escape from me. Cause I was, there were points in my life where I was really uncomfortable with who I was and I never wanted to be me. I always wanted to be this super version of me. So I was always chasing that. Mm. And throughout my life, I would get a taste of it and then it'll go away. And I'm like, where did it go? Where did it go? So. Me, I was literally chasing, I was chasing myself the whole time. And when I couldn't get that hit, alcohol provided that euphoric feeling, that feeling of invincibility, that feeling of, oh, I'm the man, I could walk into any room and do whatever I needed to do, and so on and so forth. So what's underlying with that is just insecurity. That's one of the biggest things for me is insecurity and not feeling that I was good enough. And because I was constantly comparing myself to others. And so mindfulness, right, plays a huge role into that because every time, whenever I start feeling that way, I have to check and see, hey, what's happening here? Why are you comparing yourself to him? Why are you comparing yourself to her? Why is this happening? And I have to face those questions and I have to answer those questions, right? But in the past, I didn't give myself the chance to do that. And it was just as soon as I felt that way, I knew something was coming. So I was like, oh, let me just block it out, feel good, get that little euphoric feeling and then go from there. And so then it just became a vicious cycle. And then what what happened as I got older, right? Because I was drinking, I started making decisions that piled up on guilt, shame, right? Once you start fueling guilt and shame, right, (laughs) I would go back to the bottle because I would think that. You know, the bottle would help me get relieve the guilt and shame, but it just kept on adding to it, Mm. right? Because then I would be hurting other people, I'll be hurting myself and so on and so forth. And it just got me to a tipping point, right? Where it was like, you do it. What's the point in living, right? Everybody hates you anyway. (laughs) Like you hate yourself, everybody hates you. So, so you might as well die, right? And and that's, and, and that's where, and that's the road that it took me down. And, and I saw the end. So it, caused me to reflect on my life and who I am at the core. And it took me all the way back to my childhood when I was the happiest. And then that's how I was able to kind of get myself out of that hole that I was in and know that other holes are going to appear. But mindfulness is going to be very important to see those holes when they come. And when I do fall into them, I have to know that I've fallen in, right? Which is mindfulness again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Yeah. 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 Thank you.
1: It's very important to talk about these things because addiction runs rampant. And sometimes you don't even know when you're addicted, Mm. when you're an addict, right? You kind of, it's it's weird. And I just wish that it's not too late for people out there. You know what I'm saying? Especially in our field, right? You think people got it all together. And you know we don't. don't. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes they're struggling, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, man. I think it's different problems too. Like I think we kind of got the fitness situated, but sometimes I think us as being like business owners and running our own business, we can sometimes get in the, you know, we're kind of looking to the side and saying, like, hey, like, you know, how's this guy's business doing? Like, oh, he's making more money. He's he's he has more clients because you know we can kind of get in our head, or at least maybe that's just me I don't know because I felt like this week I've been doing pretty good with the challenge of my own fitness, and everyone at the gym is saying like dude, you're killing it, you're looking good but I still kind of feel like a little bit like shit because I'm looking at other trainers that are starting to kind of come up to the gym you know I'm starting to see a lot of new faces and you know I've been there since twenty twenty at the beginning of 2020 so you know I mean I've been consistent enough my own business that I'm able to afford to stay there. And obviously being able to just still maintain is obviously something to be proud of. But at the same time I know I want more. And I think when I compare myself to other trainers, man, like this person's charging X amount of dollars and I'm still charging like this much. I kind of get my own head as it relates to business, you know, and sometimes I kind of will beat myself up for it, even though I'm doing all the things that I know I'm doing. Right. Like I'm putting out content and, you know, I'm trying to solve problems and help people. You know, sometimes I'll get in my own head, though. It's just like, it's not enough. You know, you're not good enough because these other trainers are killing it and they're younger than you and they have less experience and they're making more money. So it's kind of like, you know, you beat yourself up for it. And then you kind of, I feel like this sense of imposter syndrome, you know, as far as like, am I actually worthy of being able to charge that much? Because obviously these kids, Are charging way more. They don't even have the knowledge that I have and the experience because I've talked to them and they just started training. But it's like, I don't know. It's just the mentality. And I think to kind of like help overcome it, like I was talking to Courtney last night about it. And I just realized I was like, you know what? I can't really focus too much on other people because obviously it makes me feel like shit. I have to have a soundboard of someone to talk to and just bounce off these ideas and kind of vent almost to kind of just say hey look like this is the situation you know mm-hmm. this is what I'm feeling and being able to kind of just talk through it and understand that you know this is normal if I were to compare myself to someone to anyone else like in life it's like dude I mean I'm making a living as a personal trainer during the worst time to be a personal trainer and still in business so it's like just practicing gratitude i think would be like that first step i would recommend someone who wants to be a little bit more mindful is just actually reflect on where you're at currently and the good things that you have going on and then that way your brain kind of focuses more on positive things than negatives or the things that you don't have you yeah. realize man you have a lot of stuff to be grateful for and i mean that could be all taken away right i mean i mean mm-hmm. you don't have to have a home you don't have to have parents that are alive you don't have to have a spouse that really cares about you like you could have none of those things and you could be all alone with no resources and just trying to figure this all out yourself. So, I think when you take a step back and you practice gratitude and come from that mindset of like, you know what? I might not be where I'm at and people outside of me are probably getting there faster, but I can't worry about that. All I can worry about is just my own journey, my own progress, right? My own path and Being grateful for where I'm at currently and then taking those steps right forward, as far as like, you know, what you need to do to kind of continue progressing. But yeah, gratitude is so huge for, for I think, for anyone who's trying to be more mindful.
0: I can definitely relate to that. I, I spent a lot of my life, I feel like comparing, and I think a lot of people do it. I think it's something that we develop at a young age somehow, some way. I was always comparing myself to my friends, to family, to you know, these feelings of not not worthy enough or, or not good enough. And it really wasn't until like you just said, Pat, like focusing on ourselves. It wasn't until I started really finding like what made me happy and what made me tick and looking within that I was like, oh, okay, like I need to listen to myself and like what I want and what my goals are, and my dreams are and and no matter what like everyone we're all like it's so funny cuz everybody's different we're all different it, we're all unique in our own ways but at the same time we're all we're all humans and we all feel and we all you know have these same tendencies so you know something that that like you said again Pat like something that helps so much is is looking into ourselves. And, and I think that like that, again, like going into the mindfulness thing, it's like, you know, what does that look like for some people? What, what do those, those types of things to help with, you know, insecurity, comparing ourselves, judging others, because judgment is just our own self-reflection. You know, it's like uh, we see when, whenever I feel judgment come up towards someone else, I always have the intention to remind myself sometimes, you know, I, I may be unconscious of it, but I always have the intention to remind myself, "You know what? I probably do that in some way. You know If I'm judging someone for, I don't even know, it's like, "Oh, where, where is that coming up for me in my own life?" And, and it's a moment for me to actually have that self-reflection and say, "Oh, I do do that, actually. That's something that I would like to change." Or sometimes judgment is just something that maybe in the past we used to do and we see it in that person, we're like, "Oh, I don't like that part about myself. I don't like that I used yeah. to do that." But then we have to have compassion. Like, oh, I remember what it was like to be in that place, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a great segue into, I guess, the question that I think people will ask is, well, how do you do all this stuff, right? And I am a big believer that the practice ground is meditation. Mm -hmm. In order to help cope with all the stuff that's happening around us, right? Seeing other trainers doing their thing, you know, seeing this dude hit PR, seeing this, seeing this happening, seeing this dude with this car, and so on and so forth. Meditation is the practice field of your mind. And I found that meditation allows me to be okay with what my mind can conjure to be okay with those feelings of insecurity because meditation allows me to like, when a thought comes during a meditation, I always picture it as like a waterfall, right? And all my thoughts are in this waterfall and it's just, it's just going and going and going. And there's going to be certain thoughts that are going to pop out. And if I choose to, I ride that thought, right? Whatever it may be and I go back to its root to see where it came from and to see how that seed was planted, right? And that, that takes work. That takes a lot of meditation work. But when getting there and being there allows us, allows me to live and to be part of this universe and know that I am a part of the universe and I do have my job within the universe. So, I don't have to worry about what that next man is doing Mm -hmm. because whatever he or she is doing, that's them. And I wish them all the best. I I wish great things for them, but I'm not responsible for that. And I think what happens is I put that responsibility on myself, which then leads me into judging and, and so on and so forth. But meditation allows me to come back to the self, to come back to my intellect so that I may understand my intellect and then beautiful things start to happen for you. Right? Be- really these really beautiful things. Like for example, last night, my intellect is one of the most beautiful things to me I've ever witnessed. So my dog passed on January 20th. He was five years old. His name was Larry. Great pit bull. I I love that dude. That was my that was my man, right? And last night I had a dream. I was walking on the same street that I used to live on when I lived on North Salem and we lived up on a hill and all of a sudden I'm, I'm walking and all of a sudden I see a, something just comes sprinting down the hill and it's Larry in my dream. Right. And then he just jumps on me and like, I could, I could feel him. Mm. I could literally feel what he, what he felt like. I could feel like, you know, pimples have really muscular bodies. I could mm. feel his back. I could feel his big old head. And I'm like, dude, you got to go back, bro. Like, you got to go back. And then he's just like, nah, he's happy. And then so we walk all the way back to my house on the other side of Salem. And then he's like chewing on my hand. Like, sometimes he would just like bite me and stuff like that, just playing around. And I could feel, I could feel that feeling. And it was just such a beautiful feeling. To feel that, yeah. right? And that to me is a big difference. The way that my mind used to, I feel like my mind used to like play tricks on me like in the past when I was like, when I was drinking, I, I would have these nightmares and wake up out of the nightmares and, and then I just, I would feel like crap. And like last night, my mind gave me a gift and it was such a wonderful gift to have that. And I owe that to just being mindful in meditation and doing that self-care. And it bleeds into your life, right? That that reality that we create in our minds, right? It's so important because that bleeds into your life. How you treat people, how you interact with the with the world. So, yeah, that was a good story, man. man. Yeah, I visualized
2: that in my head. I I know, dude. Oh man, Larry,
1: what's up, (laughs) (laughs) Larry?
0: You know, Chris, you said something that I wanted to go back to, and you said I forget exactly how you worded the question, but you said with meditation, like, how do you do that? Is that what you said? Like, people are going to be asking, like, well, how asking, do, do Yeah, that? like, well, how do you Yeah, yeah. you know, I wrote, I wrote a couple notes down. I wanted to touch on them because meditation and mindfulness doesn't, I think a lot of people think of like, oh, like yeah, Buddha, um, Buddha under the Bodhi tree. Um, <laughs> you know, Buddha looking for enlightenment under the, or not looking for, finding enlightenment. Finding, yeah. tree. Yeah, but uh, it's things like breathing. You know, there's there's lots of different breathing exercises. Anyone listening, I'd highly encourage you to check out box breathing. That's been yep. a really powerful tool. It's like four second in breath, four second hold, four yep. second out breath, four second hold, and repeat. Um, breathing. It could be just quiet time. It could just be going for a walk, going in the woods, going for a walk, and. No distractions, no cell phone, no... I mean, maybe have your cell phone, but don't be looking at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't be texting, sending tweets or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> selfies. Are, hey, I'm in the woods meditating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> if I ever see that, you're getting a skip.
2: <laughs> uh, but you know, if, you did, if you didn't post it, did it really happen?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, it could be self-reflection like we were talking about with addiction. And, you know, a lot of times when I hear people's stories, it tends to be avoidance of of listening, I mean, I spent a long time avoiding certain feelings and certain things within myself, and it was it was painful, and it like literally causing me physical pain as well as mm. mental and emotional pain. And like, you know, it wasn't until I was able to like really feel those feelings, like feel them, open up, mm. feel them, and dive into them, that I was able to start feeling more free. You know, that came from self reflection, that came from being honest with myself if we avoid being honest with ourselves, that's going to come just pain. You know, I, I think those right there, breathing, quiet time, self-reflection, there's tons of really good guided meditations out there. You know, it's, oh yeah. my gosh, so many different ones. Guided meditation for stress, guided meditation for creating financial abundance. Oh my <laughs> God. It's, 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 like, <laughs>
1: it's becoming another market that's just becoming saturated. Yeah. What it comes down to, and you said it, is breathing. If you take a second to just breathe in, I know I'm breathing in, I'm, a, I'm going to exhale, I know I'm going to exhale, <laughs> is being mindful of the breath because that's what's at the foundation, right? You could even go down to another level. You can focus in on your heartbeat. Two foundational things that, ha- that must happen in order yeah. for us to be awake. We have to breathe and our heart has to beat. Yeah, if you can focus if you can focus in on any one of those that's meditation.
0: Yeah. Everything I, I,
1: else is just noise.
0: I remember <laughs> the the first time I had somebody explain a good place to start with meditation it was literally like when sitting there with the eyes closed only focus on two things. Your breath and one yeah. other thing it could be the birds chirping it could be the leaves crunching the tree so it's like I'm focusing on breathing. I'm focusing on the trees and then that's it i'm just like listening and and being with that and it's it's super super powerful it is something that the other thing too is like you mentioned chris like it takes work it's a practice it's just like strength training it's just like nutrition it's just like anything in life that like we we don't have experience with and, and we have to practice it i mean i've been avidly meditating daily since since the new year but before that i would meditate regularly but not not every single day. And I'll, yeah. uh, once I started doing it every single day, I started to see the challenges. There's times when I sit down for 10, 15 minutes and my mind doesn't stop. But what's important is that I'm taking the time to sit down and at least yeah. practice because then I have other days where I could sit there for three hours. I, I mean, you know, I don't have that, that chance right this second, but you know, I can sit there for 20 minutes and be like, fully in my body, feeling what's going on in my body, breathing, relaxing. Yeah. I come out of that clear, grounded. I feel present. The physical benefits of it are insane. Like insane. It's, like there's so many studies and scientific, like it used to be like, oh you know, meditation that's like, you know, woo-woo, <laughs> like you know, you're freaking crazy, you know, hippie. Mm-hmm. But there's been so many studies. I mean, just for one, lowering stress levels, you know, balancing the nervous system helps to lower yeah. the heart rate lower blood pressure, reduces depression, helps manage chronic pain. Because when we a lot of times chronic pain tends to come from well, bad nutrition, non-exercising, but also emotions, you know, yeah. mental and emotional stuff that's not being dealt with. That's um, yeah. you know, because the whole idea with like for me, and I'm not sure about you guys, like I'd love to hear, you know, your guys' perspectives, but with for me, you know, making that time for meditation and Also, I want to say it could be something as simple as journaling too, Mm -hmm. self-reflection in a journal. But for me, it's it's finding that peace and that calmness within myself. So not looking for outside external things to make me calm myself and be find peace because we'll never find it through that. Like we were just saying, like money does not make somebody happy. It might be like this perception that it does, but it just makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. Like you can buy more things and there's maybe no stress of bills, but at the end of the day, we're always with ourselves. All we have at the end of the day is ourselves. So
1: Exactly. I agree with you hundred percent because the most peace you're going to find in this world, in this universe is going to be internal peace. And then with that internal peace, it allows you to be at peace with everything else, with all the, with all the other elements. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why like when it comes to my meditation practice, right. I always, 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 and I'm going to say always one more time start with the breath. And then from there, I'll probably jump into the different sounds that I hear, right? But the moment I forget about the breath and I'm all focused in on the sounds, I'm mindful enough to go back to breathing again so that I'm able to listen to what I'm, to my breath, right? Be there with my breath, but also take in everything else that's happening around me. And then the mental, the different mental formations happen. The thoughts you start look, taking a look at the thoughts. But as, soon as I would go on a thought tangent and forget about the breath, I'm mindful enough to always come back to the breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what's at the core of meditation, and that is what you can use in real life. So we'll just use a training for example. Right, You're about to do whatever exercise you're going to do and then you start thinking about the argument you had with your girlfriend and all of a sudden you mess up your set. Sure. Damn, man. I only did eight reps instead of ten because I was thinking of shorty. Mm. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: right? Yeah. So I think mindfulness plays a huge role into that, right? You do your ten reps and then Okay, I'm done. Now I can think about Shorty again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So it does play a role in your, in your everyday life. It plays a role in how you interact with the world, right? And how you interact with your goals. Whatever goals you have, you kind of have to treat that as your breathing technique because that's going to be the constant. That's going to be the thing that, that you're kind of riding. And then all of a sudden, if you go off on something else, guess what? You forgot about your goal again. Back, go back to it, right? Just yeah. like the breath. If I go off on the thought, Go back to your breath. You have to keep on breathing and then kind of play those in parallel. It's simple, but yet we've made it very complex when it doesn't need to be.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think just like modern day society, it's like, especially too in this culture of like, I would say, I don't know for other countries, but in the United States, like this, what's the right expression? Like the culture of like work, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. get shit done you know, productivity or, or whatever, it's, it's like, we forget to calm ourselves and bring ourselves back. And it's helpful for a lot of different reasons too. And something as simple as, you know, I find myself and I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but, um, you know, being around certain people, sometimes certain people give off really, really heavy energy, whether it's like yeah, anxious, an- anxious <laughs> energy or mm-hmm you know, some asshole energy or or whatever it may be.
1: That's judging, Jake. That's judging. Yeah,
0: I know. I was just going to say, I was just going to say like, (laughs) I was just about to say, well, that's actually not the right term because that's like a, that's a judgment, you know, whatever energy it is, like maybe someone's just like not in a great mood, you know, sometimes I'll find that becomes, I start to pick up on that, but that is my choice to pick up on that. We have a choice as individuals whether or not to take on that energy and something yeah. that really helps for me is to come back to my breath and be, yeah. be present, listen, listen to what is being said rather than reacting to whatever somebody is saying or giving off or whatever it is, just being present. and
1: Yeah. Um, how, so I think a question that a person watching this or listening to this would ask is like, how do I exhibit that in the gym? Because that mm-hmm. culture <laughs> can be very toxic. People can bring their views and then their views is what is only what matters. And then they have a bunch of people that corral around it. And to be that person that's kind of like, nah, I don't think that... You know right. what I mean? Like um, an alpha? Like an alpha? Like-, like Or ego? Like very egoic? Ego? Yeah. How do you deal
2: with that? I, I feel right like, like you guys are talking to me right now about this right now because that's literally what I've been feeling. <laughs> Why are you guys talking? You're talking about it. You're talking. Why are you about talking me? to me, yo? I feel like you're talking to me. Why? What? What's oh, going on? Here? What?
0: Like we're like we we're, we're talking to you.
2: A little, a little bit. Oh you know, no, like like low key. Like, do you yeah. feel like you're in, a,
1: in the congregation and we're the preachers? <laughs> <laughs> dude, honestly, no,
0: no, dude. I I was I was not. Uh, no, I, yeah, we,
1: I think
2: it's just more like I think mentally, I don't know. Like I'm just I read. And like, I'm working on myself, but I don't feel like I'm working on myself. I don't know. I just get this sense like when I surround myself with people who, like yourself, right? Like, you guys are meditating every day. You know, I'm kind of like on and off and stuff. And I don't know. Like, I can feel the energy of just confidence and I don't really feel confident, even just like Mm -hmm. right now talking, because it's like, like I'm doing the work, but it's not showing when I'm around higher status. Guys, specifically, mm-hmm. like more like men that I think that I respect, you know. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the gym that I work at, I mean, they're all like alpha males. I mean, you you kind of have to be to kind of sustain your business there, you know. What I mean, you, let me ask you a that?
1: question. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Why do you have to be that? And and and, and what, I guess, what
0: what is the definition of alpha? I, male? Think, ah! I think I think
1: <laughs> I think
2: honestly, it I think it just stems because I was. Compared to a lot growing up, mm. my dad would, he would use my cousin who mm-hmm. was like, you know, she got straight A's and, you know, she got 4.0 and did the whole sports thing, went to school, finished her bachelor's in like three years because she took all AP classes. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, and my other cousin, he was successful in his own photography, videography business. You know, he went to a university at a high school. And so... I don't think my dad knew what he was doing, but I've always been compared to people who were more successful. And I think it's something that rooted a lot of my drive is to kind of just show like, not my dad specifically, but just show myself that I can be just as good as this person. Mm -hmm. But when I see people that I know that I've either, you know, I have more experience or more, I guess you could say intelligence or awareness or life experience and they're doing better than me, I don't envy them, but I beat myself up because it's like, mm. well, how are they so farther ahead in their business or with their relationships with like you know the clients and stuff? And I feel like I'm just stuck. Like I don't know. And it's like, I'm doing the practices that I know I need to, but I'm not actually seeing the fruition of my labors. So then I guess it comes down to, and this is something I've been trying to work on, is developing more patience. And really, just trying to work on being more self-aware when I get impatient because I'm very impatient just in nature. It's kind of funny because you know I'll tell clients like, "Hey, like you know, you just got to enjoy the process. It's it, you know, it's not going to happen overnight." You know, like I'm preaching it when it comes to fitness and losing weight or getting stronger. But when I'm trying to obviously, I got to take that own medicine in my own business and my own life, and really you know take the medicine that I'm dishing out. So. Kind of going back to the whole gym thing and like being surrounded with, like I said, these kind of alpha guys, I think I've always been one that kind of just like went with the crowd. I never was a leader, but I've always looked at people who were leaders and wanted to be that leader because I wanted to be the person that was respected. You know, and I think it kind of, like I said, it stems from childhood and my upbringing and Being compared to other people in my own life, in my own family. I don't really think much about it now, but just recently it kind of just like came up because (laughs) kind of weird how it kind of happened. But my (laughs) my my client, we were doing an exercise and one of the other trainers, he was, he's a funny guy, but he's always he's a loud mouth. Definitely you, you can hear him across the gym. You know, he's very outspoken. I love the guy. He's super cool. And I don't even know what he was saying. I was counting reps. I was like, kind of like, you know, doing my job, paying attention. And then he was just like, Patrick, you know, sometimes you just got to let them hang low, you know, just let your cock out, you know, kind of thing. Like, just kind of like, you know, don't be so humble or something like that. Like, cause I'm like, I don't like to showboat. And he told my client, he's like, what do you think of that? And, you know, she's like my age too. So she's not like super old or anything. And she was just like, well, he could be a pushover sometimes and I kind of like thought about it when she said that pushover. What is the definition of a pushover in that personality? And I realized looking back, that's like, huh, I am a people pleaser. I do like people to want to like me. I do want to fit in, you know, these things that we kind of, in a sense, desire as humans. You know, we want to be part of a tribe. We want to be part of a community. We want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And there I am kind of contemplating at the end of the day, I was kind of like, it was on my head. I had a Google, what does it mean to be a pushover? And I was kind of reading some of the stuff. And I was like, okay, like, I think I've done that before. I think I've done that before. And I'm thinking in my head, like, but it doesn't make any sense because I don't really see myself as that. But I guess from a couple things that I was reading, it's like, okay, this is what it's saying. I could be that. I don't know. I, I honestly, like, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels here right now, really. Like, I don't even know.
0: I just got to say something because I'm laughing right now, man, because I like relate so much, dude. Like, I still am working on that within myself, like being a people pleaser. I've been a people pleaser. It was something I developed from like a really young age. And I'm working on things like setting boundaries, or, you know, there's been so many times where I felt like less than, you know, mm-hmm. or. Other guys or or other people. And, you know, it kind of actually comes back to like what we were saying was like just bringing ourselves back to ourselves and working through the things. Because there was a time, Pat, where I was also, you know, really focused on working on my health and working on personal development, but personal development in the sense of like how to be a high achiever, how to be. You know, how to get shit done, how to be better at sales and kind of scratching on the surface of like the mental and and spiritual side of things. And it wasn't really until I started really diving into, I feel like kind of a broken record, like into myself, that I began to build more confidence and be more grounded and be more centered within myself and love myself that's been a big journey. And I I still work at that every day is like loving myself and being confident with myself. And, you know, you made a comment about all these guys being alpha. But like, to me, like Chris is a fucking alpha male. Like somebody who's grounded, confident, loves themselves, has has done work, isn't cocky, isn't judgmental, isn't, you know, I think that that's fucking alpha. I think that that is like definition of a man, you know, so...
1: Oh, I'm gonna stop right there. Sorry. It's just being human, man. That's just human. That's pure. It's just being okay. human. It's
2: not. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not, not that whole- I don't
1: have the confidence or anything. It's just,
2: I've never really had to deal with these things because I've been, like I said, I've been reading books about this shit for like eight years and like constantly mm-hmm. working on myself. So yeah. when I do come across these things where, I kind of feel like a lesser version. It's like, what the fuck is going on with you, Pat? Why are you kind of letting some little shit like kind of knock you down or yeah. make you feel... Like second-guess myself most mostly. And it yeah. pisses me off, you know? Like I get, yeah. I get irritated because it's just like, you know, like I, I fucking work too hard to yeah. kind of just get talked to. And it kind of yeah. goes back to that scenario with my friend a couple of weeks ago about the whole political thing. It kind of sparked that same emotion of just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't mm. talk to me like that. I'm working too yeah. damn hard to really fucking get talked to like that. I've been talked to like that. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I've worked hard so I don't have to be succumbed to these types of people talking me down. That's why I became yeah. my own business man. This yeah. is why I'm like on my own. I'm not working for yeah. someone else. There's a very underlying reason what I think really pushes me and what... Like I said, it's a hot button for me. Mm. And so yeah. when that hot button gets pressed, it's like... Like I said, I I I trick fuck myself. My football coach used to say that. Don't trick fuck yourself, guys. Like you know you're better than them, you know. (laughs) But it's like, but like we do it because we're human and like you see what's going on there. And I try to like reflect and and go back to myself and be grounded and breathe. But then it's just like, ah, like, you know, like it, it doesn't work in the moment. And so then it just pisses me off even more. And then it affects my whole energy with creating content. With working with clients. Like yesterday, I gotta be honest, it was not my best day with coaching clients. I probably, that's probably the lowest amount of effort, to be honest, I've given in a session because I just wasn't there. Like, I I just was not there because I was just in my head the entire time. And here I am, these people are coming to me for that support and to help them with their fitness. But it's like, fuck, like I'm trying to get this shit in my own head, fucking trying to you know, figure it all out. And it's just yeah. like, and then that's when it kind of just annoys me when it affects my, my work and what I do. Like, I love what I do. I love yeah. my clients. They're like yeah. family. So when it's like, I can't give them that, the energy that is required to make those changes and to get them to push themselves in the gym and to get them to make healthier choices, then it's like, okay, what do I got to do to yeah. fix this so I can, you know, like I said, come back. Hey, like, Let's go. You know, we got squats today, you know. We're going to lift some yeah. weight, you know. Like yeah. today was great. You know, today was great. You know, it was yeah. just yesterday. I don't know. It just really kind of it messed with my funk a little bit. Mm. And I don't Dude. I don't like it when I get a little funky, even though we all like yeah. to get a little funky hey. sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. what I want mean? to yeah. <laughs> like, I,
0: you know? I want to just it's say tricky. like yeah. I want to kind of piggyback off what Chris said like I, yeah, exactly. Like it's human and you know, I know I was starting to go off on a tangent there, but Dude, all those things that you were just saying, I still battle with those things. I still have days where I feel like, fuck, I'm not even that good of a coach. Like look at this guy, look at Paul Check, look at Mike Boyle, look at, you know, all these guys like and it's like comparison and feeling like someone might make a comment to me like, you know, I find like my some of my biggest triggers are like if family says things to me like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the type of person you are. I want to be like, man, what? That's not me. But then it's like, you know what, man? I feel like it's, yeah, it's just a part of the the human experience. And and what you are doing and what we are talking about, I really believe is what are the tools to help us move beyond those patterns and beyond those habits.
1: And it comes down to understanding that as a society, we put labels on everything. And that causes us to start taking those labels and saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of this. I'm a little bit of that. I'm a little bit of this, mm-hmm. right? I personally don't think that humans should be labeled. I think humans should live in a world where there aren't any labels and we can just be who we are, yeah. right? Like, I appreciate what you said about me, right? I love that. But for me, I just want to be human. I don't want to mm-hmm. be labeled alpha. I don't want to be labeled strong man. I don't I want to mm-hmm. be labeled none of that. I want to be a human that is out there that. Right. That's why I tell my brothers, I love I love I love you guys because there's something there's something about that that humanizes me and I open myself up to you and really say it's OK. We cool because right. when I don't do that, then it becomes me versus you. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I just want to say this, Chris, is where what I, I guess I was. I under, I see what you're saying. I guess where I was going with that is there's a lot of people out there. I would say, you know, who who maybe put on an act that they are <laughs> something that they're not, and you like are
1: putting on that label, right? Yeah, the
0: way that I, <laughs> the way that I perceive you and what I I get from you is is wisdom, is love, is character, is yes. um, you know. And to me, that is like for me, I'm like, wow, that's like a you know, to me, that's like a definition of becoming like a wise man, a king, you know, like yeah. like a. a a wise person, so and like I guess I took it in the context and put it as like that's alpha, but I mean, I just I meant to use that more as an example yeah. of like you know, there's a lot of like i you know, you see a lot of guys who do steroids and and to me, I say, is it for competing in bodybuilding or is it for insecurity because yeah. Man, I've spent a lot of my life being really fucking insecure. And I used to think packing on all that body armor was gonna help mm-hmm. me fill that void and it didn't fill anything. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that's what I meant by that.
1: But you were talking about the next going to the next level. That's it right there, bro. That's it, right? You went from labeling and then you went to another level. You said, That's wisdom, that's this, that's that, right? That's the next level, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the next realm. And 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 really Starting to just put these, looking at individuals as humans and what they bring, you know what I mean. And that's what's going to make you guys successful, I think. And then and then that's how you become Paul, Check or whoever, whatever, right? (laughs) You know what I mean. But you you become you're you're Jake, you're Pat, you know what I'm saying. And you guys become these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people that everyone is drawn to, and it's not and it's not because of you know these super cool videos or whatever you put out there. Mm. People want you. They love yeah. you, yeah.
0: Damn, Damn. man, Mike. <laughs> no, hey, yo,
1: oh, bro, man. That's, when you create a company, right? You you become the founder. When the companies are really good, the founders kind of leave. You don't see them. Then they hire CEOs. Then they do all this other stuff. The good founders they don't stay. They leave because they implanted the seeds to grow the business, and then they're like. I'm out. Now,
0: I find that like yeah. w- when people who do that, it's I'm because they're, they're moving on to their next phase of life of like, yeah. I want to impact other people in a different way now. That, I've done my piece here and now my soul is asking me to go somewhere else. You know what that right is you?
1: The,
2: That's the dream. That's the Off. Off. That's what I was telling you <laughs> last week,
0: Jake, about the whole life coaching thing. Um, that? Wait, oh, like two weeks ago?
2: Yeah, or and yeah, talking, two weeks ago.
0: What, it was on the Sunday that we talked on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. 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 Yes.
2: Yeah. Chris, okay. I was telling Jake, I was a couple of weeks ago. I kind of have this inclination, like with fitness and like learning more about program design and like stuff like that. Like I've kind of gotten to a point where it's like, I feel like there's more, like the discussions I have with my clients now is not about strength training, training. And even when I'm making content, I find myself gravitating always towards like that mindset or personal growth. And like I was selling him, like becoming more of a life coach or more of that mindset coach to help people really kind of like understand this game of life and that really, I mean, you're just playing it all in your head. But a lot of people, right, like focus on the external things. When this whole point of this episode was to talk about mindfulness and really going back to yourself, like really working on focusing on your breath and that internal sound. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of saying, like, hey, you know, like I really, really am gravitated towards being more of a life coach because I feel like what I represent and I feel what has helped me get to where I'm at has been not really fitness. It was a starting point, but I think what has cascaded to the where I'm at now mentally and physically and emotionally is my personal growth and that mindset and really working internally and mm-hmm. branching out, going yeah. into out and... Yeah. So, I mean, like what you said, right? I mean, at some level, right? You know, you planted the seed and it grows and then you move on to the next thing. And that's kind of like, I feel like where I'm at. It's so crazy how you kind of just, it was a good analogy of the whole founder and the whole, you know, grows the company and then kind of goes to the next thing. So I think that was a really well said
1: dream, baby.
0: Man, this, I swear our episodes just keep getting <laughs> better and better. I'm telling
1: you, I'm telling you,
0: man. Every week, I feel like it, they get better. Cooking, oh. cooking, okay. <laughs> oh, we're cooking! Wow. So, uh, yo, should we start and uh, like ending our podcast? Should we start saying like anything, or should we just fucking drop like we've been dropping?
1: Nah, we just drop like.
0: mic <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop. I feel like we could maybe like make up little little blurbs or something. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.